you have your Bibles, I invite you at this time to take them with me and uh, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is where we're at. We're in verses 1 and 2. And the Bible says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship or reasonable service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God is and what is good and acceptable and perfect. We talked about the therefore and what it was there for, right? And then the urge. And by the way, many people um, in CE hour this morning, uh, Dr. MacArthur asked, we, we showed a five-minute video. He asked, uh, who wrote Romans? So let me ask you, who wrote Romans? Was it Paul or was it God? <laughs> All right. The issue is yes. So it's not just Paul that's urging here. That we have to understand this. That God's saying, God's urging. It's it is a soft command, if you will, because it's right from God Himself. And we talked about what that meant. Um, that you that Paul uses that term throughout many of his texts. We find out that these talking to Christians. So these are people that, and this is important, these are people that already have given their soul to Christ. Amen? They're His. They are born again. By the mercies of God, which we went through, we took two Sundays to work through the mercies of God. And we, that's just a drop in the bucket of what God's mercies are. We looked at multiple passages in Romans, just in Romans itself, and found all these mercies of God. He asks to present our bodies. And this is where we're going to start out this morning. Present your bodies. Bodies here refers to the whole person, not just this physical thing, our minds, our hands, our feet. Everything should be dedicated to the Lord. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, what? Do all to the glory of God. This is, it's all God's. He's paid the price. The price which we have sung about now multiple times this morning. The fantasticness of Christ becoming sin for us. God wants everything. <clears throat> and there are many passages dealing with this living Holy sacrifice. These very important, a living holy sacrifice to God. What is acceptable? What is your reasonable service? And we talked about that this last week. Now, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That's what the NASB says. The King James would say the reasonable service. And to be honest with you, there's a mix where all those things are true. Now, I know this is a little bit difficult to read maybe, but this is a morphology. How many of you know what a morphology is? It kind of takes the, it'll take the, um, 
uh, English word. It'll take the Greek word. It'll give the uh, what it sounds like in the Greek, even though we're not reading Greek. So this word spiritual service, it's the word is log logikon or logikon, and actually, if you pronounce it correctly, it's logahan. The K is an H sound. Logahan. What does that word mean? That word has the idea of rational. It even has the word of spirit, the, the, the idea of spiritual. In, in BDAG, BDAG is a lexicon. How many know what a lexicon is? Not a leprechaun. A lexicon. A lexicon is when you have the Greek, or he, in this case, the Greek and the English together, all right? So you can see those words together. Why is that important? Because our English language changes, does it not? Back in the 20s, we had a gay old time. That wouldn't go over so well today. Correct? <laughs> Our language changes. So, BDAG helps us with understanding what the Greek, original Greek, what, 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 what it meant, what it, what it stands for. It's, just, it's in a favorite expression of philosophers since Aristotle. They use this word, lagahas, as a uh, it was one of their favorite words. Just use your head. Think about it. Rationalize over it. Reason with it. Think logically. The idea has to be carefully thought through. Thoughtful. Endowed with reason. That's the idea. But here's the issue. Throughout the whole New Testament that we find this term, it's actually translated two different ways. It's spiritual and it's word or reasonable. Both of them are there. We also find that it's spiritual or rational. Those are the two options. Well, no wonder people have a hard time um, uh, when they translate it, translating it to spiritual service or reasonable service. But the idea is that it's a ministry because the next word in, our, in, that, in that verse, that next word is latria. It has the idea of ministry, religious service, worship, duties. And this is why I think it's best to say reasonable spiritual worship. That's really what it's talking about. It's, it's what we do since we're here. If we took on all the mercies, and, and I'll, I'll show you then what it looks like. Therefore, I urge you, um, brethren, by the mercy of God, present your bodies. Give everything you have back to God. He deserves it. Let me ask you, is that even a question? He deserves it. He asks for it. To be a living, a holy sacrifice that is acceptable to God. This is your spiritual service of worship Maybe the best is spiritual, reasonable worship. That's the idea. The spiritual, reasonable service of worship. And all this is based on God's infinite mercies. So just for a second, I want you to do this with me. I want you to take God's infinite mercies that you know of. Love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, gentleness, 
grace, mercy, salvation, breath, life. Okay, do you get it? Think of as many as you can. Balance them out against this. Put one side God's great mercies, and on the other side, put on your vapor life. It's the bare minimum. The least we can do is live for Christ. And that doesn't mean, I live for Christ, I come on church on every Sunday. It's not living for Christ. Tomorrow is a great day. All people love Mondays. How are you going to serve the Lord on your way to work? How are you going to sacrifice your life in work? How are you going to serve the Lord the, tomorrow morning when you wake up? You see, this scale, it isn't really even fair, is it? God's mercies compared to my vapor life, that's, this is nothing compared to eternity with Christ. Why wouldn't I want, why wouldn't I give everything I have to Him? I really believe that once we get to heaven, we're going to look back and think, what was I thinking? This is awesome. There's nothing greater. There's nothing. Paul exemplified what a living sacrifice looks like. He says, he says I affirm, brethren, in 1 Corinthians by the boasting in which you ha which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I what? I die daily. To what? What is he dying daily to? His self. His self. I want you, if you will, for a second, think with me. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Now, some of you are closer than others, so it's not as hard. Go all the way back there. When Adam and Eve were talking with Christ or God in the garden, what was that like? Sweet? Are there any other adjectives? Perfect? Enjoyable? Peaceful? Comforting. I mean, it's not like they were communing with the God of the universe. Fantastic. Do you think there was one selfish motive in their being as they walked and talked with God? Not a one. They were holy people. They were perfect. They were untested, but perfect. It was, it was like heaven. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm not espousing this book, but there's a book out there um, how, he, how heaven must be something like the Garden of Eden. 
and, 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 and the temple and the worship area and all that. And, 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 the, and the adoration and the adorning of it and all the beauty of it. Now, there's so many things. It's written by Beale. Um, B-E-A-L-E. And it's like this thick. It's huge. And it's all about how the garden represents in some aspects the temple, the greatest temple, and then eventually the eternal temple, heaven. Paul says, listen, after they fell, let's get back to the story here, right? After they fell, why? Let me ask you, why did they fall? What did Satan tempt them with? Selfishness. Do you want to be like God? Folks, this is a huge newsflash. We are not God. Unfortunately, we act like it way too often. But selfishness is the sin. That's the sin. The pride of life. Paul says, I die daily. Did Paul have a problem with sin? Yeah, do we have a problem with sin? All the time. We need to die daily to ourself, to our selfishness. The Bible says this, Paul said it this way, this is exemplifying what a living sacrifice looks like. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. So I'm living here, but I am sacrificed. Everything I do is a sacrifice. Now let me ask you, did Paul sacrifice? He was a wealthy man. He was a popular man. He was probably going to be one of the greatest that ever been in the temple. And he threw it all away for Christ. It wasn't about that. It was about Christ. Isn't that interesting? We just heard a message on Christ, right? It's all about Christ, not ourselves. For me to live is Christ. Philippians chapter 2, by the way, Philippians is full of these. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. So what does a living sacrifice look like? It looks like Paul. It looks like Paul. How many times was he beaten? You know, when I was a kid, we used to go door to door witnessing. How many remember remember that? And and we had this little joke. Oh, you got a flat noser, eh? What does that mean, a flat noser? The door slammed in your face. Oh, you poor person. No. Paul was shipwrecked multiple times. Paul was beaten multiple times. Paul was stoned. Paul was left for dead. Paul was, was hated. Paul was, and you can go on and on and on and on and on. Paul, all of us, well, we, would, we, got, we got stoned. We'd be, uh, yeah, I'm done with this. Uh, that's not for me. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow. I might die. Paul didn't. Paul was the energizer apostle. Kept going and going and going and going. Why? 
because he died daily. Why? Because for him, his whole life was Christ. Why? Because he's being poured out as a drink offering day after day after day. And it was a glory to him because it was a glory to his God. How about us? MacArthur says it this way, the only spiritual service of worship that honors and pleases God is the sincere, loving, thoughtful, and heartfelt devotion and praise of His children. God desires that. It pleases Him. Well, we do it on Sunday. That's not what it's talking about. Sometimes it's sad that we only meet on Sunday. <laughs> Folks, our service, our sacrifice, our worship, all of that. Listen, here's a problem. I'll, 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 I'm, gonna give, I'm just going to do it. Music isn't synonymous with worship. It's not. Music can be the end result of worship. Here's what happens. We sang this song three times. We're probably like, wow, are we becoming a 7-Eleven song? No, church. Three times. Did you, and you still don't know all the principles in that song. We did it and we had just the words up there so we'd focus on the words. Why? Because worshiping is looking at God for who He is and then praising Him and thanking Him and rejoicing with Him and sacrificing for Him. Those are all results of already worshiping in your heart. Amen. The only spiritual service of worship that honors and pleases God is sincere. Let me ask you. Are you happy you're worshiping together corporately this morning tomorrow morning when you wake up and you sit down and have time with god are you worshiping then or are you just getting something done thoughtful loving heartfelt devotion the more you love god the greater your worship will be because you want him more you want to know more God urges believers to give our body, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, our mind, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and then you'll find out later on, and, and this is so big, this is so big. I think one of the greatest things we need to give God, and the greatest thing, when God has that, your life will change, and that is our will. I see teenagers and young people coming to church because they have to. That will only become a reality in your adulthood if God captures your will. And you want to. How many understand that? Do you desire that? This is what he's saying. I want everything. 
This is why he's saying, I urge you instead of command. Okay, I'll obey, I'll obey. We do things, motivation out of love for him. We, we do things out of, the motivation is, look what all he's done for us. How can we not? So important. Why? Why does God want our body? Why does he want our mind? Why does he want our will? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you? Do you know that every believer sitting here is absolutely baptized with it, by and in the Holy Spirit? Amen. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. This is His temple. This is where He resides whom you have from God, that you are not your own. Why? His robe's for mine. That's why. You've been bought with a price. He became your sin. He became wickedness. He became estranged. He became everything for us because that's what we were. And now instead of an enemy of God, we are now embraced and a child of God. Oh, what love that is. Therefore. Why is therefore again? Look at that word, therefore. Why is that there? Because you have been bought with the price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, because based on that issue, what are we to do? Glorify Him. Therefore, glorify Him. How do we do that? Romans 12.2 explains how we do that. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect what does this word confirmed, conformed mean? How many can read that word? After conformed. I can't either, so don't worry about it. That Greek word has the idea of shashkizmitso. What word do you find in there that are English? What does it remind you of? And it happens that way quite a bit in the Greek. So that's the Greek word, what we, how we understand it. What do you see? What words do you see in there? Schematic. Scheme. Schematic shows what it really is, right? This is all the details of it. It's to assume a certain form, a figure. Like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use a sports illustration. At this moment, the Vikings' scheme is quite poor. Because they lose all the time. It's the way they're formed. It's the way they work together. The scheme that is used is not working. How many understand what I'm talking about? It's that form doesn't work out. That's the idea, this conformed. Conformed is a passive verb. Be not conformed. That means something exterior is conforming you to something. How many of you have ever planted a garden? Y'all planted a garden? You ever taken 
You know, when the, I, I love cucumbers out of the garden. It's a little gritty when I pull them out and eat them, but you know, it's all right. But I love cucumbers. But do you know if you take a cucumber when they're about this big, you know, you just get that, the, the blossom, and they're like an inch long. You take that cucumber, you stick it inside a Coke bottle. How many have ever done this? Nobody? I did this when I was a kid, and I thought, this is awesome. <laughs> you stick it inside the Coke bottle, what's going to happen to that cucumber? It's going to look like a Coke bottle. It conforms to the inside of that Coke bottle. Just, it looks just like it. It grows within there. We do the exact same thing in this world. He says, do not be conformed. It's a, something exterior is making us to conform to them or it. That's the idea. The outside does not represent the inside. In other words, we are truly born again, but something doesn't look right on the outside. Our walk doesn't correlate with our inner man. How many understand what I'm saying? Our flesh isn't acting like the inner man is to act. It's not representing Christ as it should. We are Christ positionally, but our practice is short of Christ. What causes that? That's what he's trying to say. It's What is it? What's the word? Well, we'll get there in a second. The, there is an imperative here. It says, do not be conformed. Don't let something or someone make you look like who you're not. Did you follow that? Because that's exactly what it's saying. Do not is the imperative here. Conforming to a scheme, to a style, to, to some kind of exterior focus Basically, do not let someone or something make you who you are not. Because you're a child of God. And if you're a child of God, look like a child of God. Act like a child of God. Live like a child of God. Pray like a child of God. Think like a child of God. Talk like a child of God. Your inner self should be expressed outwardly and greatly. Amen? Because who is the inner man? It's in Christ. We shouldn't look and act like Christ. That's the idea. But what is, it that, what is this schema? What is this thing that's conforming us? What is that Coke bottle in our lives? What is making us look like that? Well, it says, do not be conformed to what? This world. That's the Coke bottle. This world is what is making us look like someone we aren't. If you're a believer, if you're an unsaved person, you look just like that, inward and outward. So be not conformed to this world. What does the world mean? World has the idea of the age. Can be age. It can be world order. It can, it can be the personified as an evil force. This one, I think, is probably the best to help us understand these last two. Our present, the present life, the culture we live in, maybe as an idea, 
All these things give us the idea that, okay, I get it now. We are not to imitate the culture. Exactly. You're not to be conformed to the culture. So how does it conform us? How in the world does this world, this culture, how does it conform us? By doing nothing. By doing nothing. What do you mean? By just living normal lives. Doing nothing. What I'm saying is, by doing nothing, you are literally conforming to be like the world. That's the issue. We are literally, by doing nothing, by just being normal, what does that mean? What is normal? I tell you what, after COVID, what in the world is normal? Normal is whatever the culture says is normal. And I will tell you, what the culture says is normal is abnormal to Christ. It is. Why is it that we have this huge explosion of transgenderism? The culture is teaching it. That's why. Why is it that you are against so heartily this, just totally against it? Now it's, well, you know, it's okay. The culture is conforming you. The world is conforming you. Why is it conforming you? Because I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just being normal. I'm just acting like everybody else. I'm looking like everybody else. When I was going to school, back in uh, high school and college, facial beards were not allowed where I went to school. Well, it's like the whole world now has facial beards. Do they not? How many understand what I'm saying? Now, is that sin? I'm not saying that's sin. But what I'm saying is, even in these things that may or may not be sin, we're conforming to the world. It's what's in. It's what's normal. I'm working for a lady right now. She had to express to me, and, and, and she didn't have to. She really knew who I was. She said, you have to tell me when you're coming because I'm a stay-at-home mom. Do you know what that is? <laughs> it's like, that's something abnormal, right? How many understand that? And, and I, I get it. I totally get it. And I applaud you. And I thank you. Not that it's more right or wrong, whatever. The point is, that has become the norm. Here's the deal. Why does God command us not to let the world conform us to His image? Because that's what it's doing. God is saying, listen, don't be conformed to the image of the world. Don't, He literally is, don't be normal culturally. Don't be that. And how do we do that? By doing nothing. By just you know, going with the flow. Here's why it's so bad. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Do you know why we should not be like the world? Do you know why we should not let the world conform us? Because Satan is the God of this world. That's why. He has, 
is transgenderism is is a man a, a, a man that's not even that's not even a right term does a a, a born male who just won the swimming the state swimming competition against all women is that god's is god in that You see, God planned from the beginning that he was a boy. Here's what has happened, and I'm telling you this is the issue. Our cartoons, our schooling education, our liberal uh, higher-end learning colleges, give Barbies to their sons. How many understand? No wonder they're confused. What I'm trying to say is the culture has inundated, they hate God. Satan's the God of this culture. Satan's the God of this world. He has inundated everywhere you look and you didn't even realize it, that he is trying to mess what God has planned. He has since day one. He's trying to mess everything up. So, why does God command us not to let the world conform us? Because Satan's the God of it. 1 John 5.19, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Man, hey, what do we expect? It's, I, I tell you what, we as Christians are really, I don't know what the word is. I'm not going to say a word because I'm just going to say it wrong. But we've got a problem. We like blew our minds when Joe Biden was president, became president of the United States. What are we doing? What do we expect? What, what do we expect? Folks, America is dying because the churches have been dying for centuries. That's the issue. When a country turns its back on God, what do you expect? Being conformed to the world? Just go with the flow. And, and, and politicians aren't the answer, by the way, folks. All the politicians do is wet their fingers, stick it in the air, and whatever the wind's blowing, that's where they're going. And they will make an excuse to go that way. And they'll find an argument that sounds good, and guess what? All the sheep follow. Why? Because Satan is the god of this world. The, <clears throat> the world lies in the power of the evil one. Why else? I love, this is probably my favorite one. Do not love the world. Ruh -ruh. Do not love the world. I'm talking to myself here. And I talk, I'm going to talk to you. We all thought the Savior had come because Trump was making everything perfect. Trump's 
a sinner also. And he is not God. Our hope should never, ever be in a politician. It's in Christ. In Christ alone. And that's weird for the world. They don't get it. Why? They're blinded and they're deaf to the Word of God. Do not love the world. Immediately it comes out. Don't love the world. Folks, that phrase, if you could remember that phrase through the whole week, your life's going to be a little different. You turn on that radio station, ah, don't love the world. Okay, you know what? I was heading up to a private lake. It's so cool. It's only 100 acres big. 80 feet deep. Spring-fed, no public access. I had to go on like uh, on, a, on a, a locked gated road like Blandon Road for like that I had to relock when I left for like three miles. It's way back there. And we couldn't get very many stations up there. I turned on the radio because I'm tired. <laughs> and there was the old songs I love to sing. And I'm listening to those words and I'm thinking, that's dumb. What in the world? He's crazy. I'm not here to harp on different kinds of music, but let me challenge you with this. God created music. Amen? And it's beautiful for His glorification. Man putrefied it with its fleshly desires. And so even though the tunes are kind of neat and they sound good and all, read and listen to the words. They're filling you with dung. The world. It's full of the world's nonsense. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. I just got, for the first time, a Toyota truck. I've, <laughs> I've never had a Toyota. I don't think ever in our lives, I don't think we've ever owned a Toyota. I was always American strong, right? Whatever that means. By the way, some, most of those are built in America. Some, a lot of them are. Kentucky or something. Anyways. My truck is the ugliest thing you ever saw in your life. It really is. It has hail damage all over. It's rolled. It's so dented up that the fenders are plastic and they are, there's like a gap between the wall and the fenders. It's, it's, it's hideous. How many people love their vehicle? Praise God, I'm going to keep doing that because it's nothing to love there. But we do. We love a lot of things. We love sports. We love the Vikings. Okay, if you're crazy. You love the... <laughs> I grew up in Minnesota. That's my, my life. I get it. But we love all these things. Do we really? Well, not really. But you do. Because we give money and time to what we love. Is that not true? Let me ask you. 
is that time and money spent on the glory of God? That's the question. It's that easy. If you truly love Him, that's where it's going to go. How can I serve other people better? How can I serve them more? How can I show, how can I please God? Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, then what? Look at the verse. This verse is phenomenal. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, you got a choice. Your choice is the world or Jesus Christ. That's your choice. According to this text, that's the only two choices you have. Do I love the world? Oh, I can love the world and God. That's not what he says. He says, if anyone, anyone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. Why? Why is that true? He answers it. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father. Where do you think that came from? But it's from the world. This is where it gets, it's awesome. The world is passing away and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Now, if you read this, you have to understand that does the will of God is almost synonymous with loving God. Do you see that? Because that's what he's been talking about. Do you really love him? If you do love him, how is that expressed outwardly? How many understand this world is in trouble? And most, if not all, Christians are, follow, are falling in lock, step, line with the stinking world. Why? Well, because we've got to get everybody in. So you're going to displease God in order to massage unsaved selfishness. That's what we're doing. How many get this? So, so here's the deal. Let's go back. Do not be conformed to this world. The world is doing the action against you as a Christian, and if you do nothing you're going to be conformed to the world. So, how many of you want to be conformed to the world? Well, I shouldn't, but I really like that stuff. I know it should, but... Uh... If you want a barometer of where this world is, the Simpsons have been on over 30 years. There's your barometer. Does that connect? Here's another thing. I'll show you how far we've gone. Another actor 
from the Andy Griffith show died, like yesterday or something. Now you compare Andy Griffith to what's happening now. You ever heard of the frog in the hot water or the frog in the cold water and turn it on hot? Folks, this country's boiling because we're just trying to keep in step with the whole world. Christians never can be there. So what do we do? The Bible says, and do not be conformed to this world. Passive, the world is doing this to us. It's making us in, it, in its image. And really, that's the issue. The world is remaking us, wanting to, pressurizing us back into the image of the world, not to the image of Christ. Amen. Then he says, but be transformed. Don't be conformed, but be transformed. What does that word mean? Transformed. It has the, meta, the idea of, the, the Greek word has the idea of metamorpho. What do we see there? Metamorphosize. All of you have this beautiful butterfly in, in, your, in your conscience right now, right? And you should. Because there's a ton of caterpillars out there. And God wants to be seen as something different. Amen? How many have seen the cartoon where the policeman is, is standing before a butterfly in a car with the guy's license, with the butterfly's license, as a caterpillar? And he says, oh, you don't look like this anymore. You say, exactly. How many of us are, could do that with Christ? You don't like look at the world anymore. Exactly. You're different. Exactly. You're an alien in this world. Exactly. Why? Because we're not being conformed to the world. We're being transformed by Christ. How? How many want to know how that happens? We're not going to go in our little cocoon and sit there and hope and hope and hope and hope and hope, right? How does that happen? Well, the word means to transform, to change completely. It's a passive verb again. But be transformed. It, but it's also an imperative with the be there, right? Be transformed. The only place in the Bible that uses that same word is in Matthew chapter 17, verse 2. The Bible says he was transfigured. Metamorphosy before them. His face shone like the sun. His garments became as white as light. Let me ask you, who is Jesus? Not a hard question. Think Trinitarian thoughts. Who is Jesus? God. Jesus is God. Let me ask you, did Jesus look like God on this earth? What did He look like on this earth? Human. Because God, He is also human. But at the transfiguration, at the transfiguration, He was transparent. Amen. In a sense, what was inside was expressed outwardly. How many get this? That's exactly what happened at the transfiguration. They saw Him for who He really was. 
And they all acted like children because they didn't know what to do. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when we see Christ. <clears throat> Humanity becomes worldly by being saturated by the world itself. Christians are being transformed. How? How? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, With unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. We are being transformed. How? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, totally changed. How? By renewing our minds. How are we going to renew their minds? I will tell you this. You are not renewing your minds to watch the Vikings lose again. It's not helpful. You're not renewing your mind to find out the latest of what Biden did from, the pul- from, his, from his bully, what do they call it, bully pulpit? Is that what they call it? You're not going to get a renewed mind there. Renewing your mind. How in the world are we to renew our mind? How do we renew our mind? Well, what does the Bible say? How does the Bible tell us to renew our minds? So we can, are you following this? We can do nothing and we're going to be conformed to the world. Or we can be transformed by renewing our minds. So what does it mean to renew our mind? The Bible says in Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. Does the Word of God richly dwell within you or is the only time you get it right here, right now? If it is, I guarantee you, you're being conformed to this world. Let the Word of God richly dwell within us with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. How? Talking about talking with one another. About what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in our hearts to God. Where do you get those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? What is he talking about? The reality is when the Word of God impacts us and we can be saturated in the Word of God, we come out singing what God says. Amen. Because we're praising Him how great He is. I caught myself this week praising, in a sense, what's His name? I don't even remember his name. Will, Will, Will Smith. I caught myself praising him. Why? Way to go. Stand up for your wife. Good job. I found myself conforming to the stupidity of the world. I wasn't being saturated in the word. Now, should you stand up for your wife and defend your wife? By the way, that's your God-given responsibility. But there are other ways. Regardless, 
We are to be saturated in the Word of God. And when we are, it just flows out of us. It, it like, it's like almost like a butterfly and just exploding from us. Imagine that. Transformed. What else? Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. It's supposed to rain and snow all week. I didn't hear any grumbling. Yes, good job. job. You know what? Set your mind on things above. God never changes. I have to obey God today by doing my taxes. But I'm doing the taxes. Why? God says to do it. Amen? I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to be honest, open, because why? God, <laughs> I'm setting my mind on things above. I could get cranky about it. Everybody, anybody here get cranky? Nobody? Y'all liars. We all get cranky once in a while. I get cranky when I Listen to somebody who can't speak from us a standard. I get cranky when I gotta pay somebody when they I, there's nothing. Matter of fact, they hate me. <laughs> but you know what? That's because I got my mind off of Christ. There's an old song that we all know. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid out way beyond the blue. Amen? Set your minds on things above and not on things of the earth. David, thy word have I treasured in my heart. How important is Scripture to you? Is it a treasure? Is it far above the rubies and the diamonds and the trucks and the car, whatever? Is it far above that? You should, we should treasure the Word of God. It is a treasure to us. How many got this text? You are being conformed to this world if you're doing nothing. The only way that your mind is going to be transformed is by the renewal of it from a saturation of the Word of God and His principles. CNN, Fox News, you name it, whatever the news channels are you watch, none of them have the absolute truth. None of them do. God's Word is absolute truth. You can't go wrong. How many are sick and tired of lies? You know how you can tell a politician lies, right? His lips are moving. I would say that goes probably with a lot of people. The only thing that is trustable the only thing that is worth your time, 
the only thing that you must love, the only thing that you must treasure if you want to be transformed is the Word of God. There's nothing. There is nothing. Listen, the sword of the Lord doesn't even have the answer unless they're quoting Scripture. The Word of God will never fail you. Forecasters? God's Word will never do it. So, question is obvious how are you renewing your mind how are you renewing your mind we have so much uh, technology today that your mind could be renewed 24 hours a day it can be so I, I work with some of the men, young men here, and I, I listen to a robot reading books. And they're like, oh my goodness, why don't you preach like that? <laughs> wow, what is that? I'm learning it helps. I don't care if it's a robot or not, I'm hearing the text, I'm hearing the principles. They have these things called, and this is kind of old school, but post-it notes. You, you can put a post-it note of a verse right where you're going to see every day. You could do that. Your radio, where are the presets? Your CD collection or your MP3 file or your whatever you keep it in now. What is it? Is it world or is it renewing your mind with Scripture? Folks, I hate to say this, we need to be the wackos of the world by the world's standards. I'm, I'm being honest. But we're not going to do that unless we're being transformed by a saturation of the Word of God. And I pray we ask ourselves this question, how am I renewing my mind? That is what pleases God. The question really could be asked is, are you pleasing God? And if not, what are the repercussions of that? And there are a ton our time. All right, Mr. Zarin, can I have you stand and close in a word of prayer today? Is that okay?